Greetings, this is Douglas Skimple, Senior Portfolio Specialist at Diamond Hill Capital Management, and this is Understanding Edge. It's been a pretty crazy week and a half in the markets. Uh, we reached out last week with uh, three podcasts covering domestic, international equities, as well as fixed income. Uh, but given uh, how things ended the week, I thought it would be beneficial to get our Chief Investment Officer for Fixed Income, Bill Zox, in uh, to discuss what he saw over the last week and a half, thoughts on the Fed, Powell's comments from Friday, and where we're headed and what we're looking to do uh, in this type of volatile environment. Hope you enjoy this. Thank you very much and enjoy. Bill, in the last seven trading sessions, stocks uh, as measured by the S&P 500 are down close to 13%, uh, while high yield as measured by the ICE BOFA high yield index uh, is down close to 3%. As of this recording, the two-year Treasury yield has declined roughly 63 basis points uh, to 0.82%. What are your thoughts around everything that's happening right now in the marketplace? We were expecting volatility to increase, but of course we believe strongly in the NOAA principle. Predicting rain doesn't count, building arcs does. So, so far, we're gratified that we've held up reasonably well in a very difficult environment. And of course, we were not anticipating the coronavirus. All we knew was that volatility was extremely low late last year. And more importantly, the price for the risk of volatility was extremely low. And we strongly believe in the idea that stability breeds instability. We didn't know what it would be, but we had been positioning for quite some time for a spike in volatility. And that's exactly what we've had. One of the things that uh, is getting a lot of press and everyone's talking about is is the reaction of not just the Fed, but central banks uh, around the world. We already saw uh, the Bank of Japan take some action. Um, we know that other central banks are in the process of considering what they're going to do. I would have thought maybe would have, we would have seen something from the Fed this weekend. But we haven't yet, although Powell was out talking about it on Friday, which helped uh, to limit some of the downside in markets. What are your thoughts on what the Fed's going to do in this scenario? The Fed has given the market everything that is asked for and more since about December 21st of 2018. And I cannot see that changing in this environment. So right now, the market is discounting about 50 basis points of Fed rate cuts within the next few weeks, and the Fed meets two weeks from Wednesday, and then another cut or two in the remainder of the first half of the year. Now, things can change by the time we get to the April meeting and the June meeting of the Fed, but what I would be most confident in is that the Fed will deliver to the market uh, what it is discounting right now for March, which would be 50 basis points Uh, And and my expectation would be that we will see that no later than the March 18th meeting, and more likely than not, we'll see something even before that meeting. So reinforcing the adage of you don't fight the Fed. They're going to come in and they're going to do whatever they need to do to help the market feel better about itself. Right. In an environment like this, uh, and, and, you know, we can talk about what that means to the economy and what that means to the markets, but in an environment like this, you're not going to see the Fed push back against the markets. The the time for the Fed to push back against the markets was probably 
the last half of 2019 when they got as much as they reasonably should have expected from the pivot and then complete capitulation to the markets, but the Fed really kept giving the markets what it wanted and more uh, all through 2019. So let's let's dig into that a little bit more and, and talk about what the impact of any Fed action will be. And you and I, you know, we talked about this this morning when we first got into the office. And it's there's kind of that psychological impact um, that will that'll occur almost immediately. And we're seeing it today in today's market as people think more and more likely the Fed's going to do something. You see risk assets starting to do fairly well, but still not caught up from what had happened over the last seven trading periods. What do you think is going to be the impact? And is it really going to stave off any of the economic impact? Uh, from the coronavirus and, and parts of society kind of closing off. In terms of the direct impact on the economy, uh, the, the Fed tools are not really well suited to the issues in the economy where we have a very significant supply shock and very significant demand shock, assuming the coronavirus becomes a pandemic and it's not resolved in 30 days or 60 days that this persists into late spring, early summer, if not longer. But in terms of the impact on financial markets, that's also a very major issue, especially as you mentioned over the last seven trading sessions, that was, I think, the fastest we've ever gone from a market peak to a correction. The Fed and other central banks around the globe have to make it clear that they will do what it takes to preserve the functioning of our financial markets. And I think that is what the Fed giving the markets what it is asking for. That is one signal, strong signal to the markets that, yeah, the Fed is paying close attention to the market signals and will do whatever it takes to keep markets functioning. Now, I don't happen to think that rate cuts are the best tool even for the Fed, but it's probably, it would induce panic for the Fed to talk about lending facilities or other things that they could do, and, and similar to what they did in the financial crisis, if it looks like the financial markets are closed to U.S. businesses. Um, we're not there yet, and uh, I'm not saying that it's a high probability that we get there, but it is something that markets are focused on as there was no issuance in the corporate bond market last week. Uh, and the, either the investment grade or the high yield portion of the corporate bond market. Now, in 2018, we probably went uh, close to six weeks where the high yield market did not have any issuance. So this is not, I don't want to uh, be too alarmist here, but it is something that market participants are starting to think about. And the Fed should probably make it clear that it is prepared to do whatever it takes to make sure that these markets stay functioning. So in this environment, and you know, this is pretty much unlike anything we've seen. As you said, it's it's the quickest correction uh, that we've ever seen. Um, when you're managing in the high yield markets, what are you looking for when you're deciding to add risk? Because you know, given what we saw over the last just the last week, there's opportunity out there. So when you're looking at putting money to work or taking advantage of that dislocation. You know, what are you looking for when deciding to add on risk or even reduce risk? Sure. I mean, most importantly, we always want to be in as strong a position as possible to take advantage of a market like this where volatility spikes and liquidity comes out of the corporate bond market. So as I mentioned early, 
we came into this environment very underweight risk. And now we're focused on uh, really just exercising our judgment and our experience and our instinct to determine what is the right way to add risk, what's the appropriate pace to add risk, what particular bonds do we want to buy in this environment. And if we were overweight risk in this environment, we would not be doing that. We would be looking for ways to shed risk. So it's very important that we came in underweight risk because that puts us in a position where we can at least consider adding risk at the margin, but we're going at a very deliberate pace at this stage. We are also very focused on what the ETFs are selling because the ETFs are under intense selling pressure and the liquidity of the underlying bonds does not match the perceived liquidity of the ETFs. So the ETFs are very aggressive sellers of bonds and they're price takers. They have to get the transactions done and we're the ones dictating the price. So at the margin, it's a great environment to modestly reduce our positions in less liquid bonds and recycle that capital into the more liquid bonds that the ETFs are selling. Uh, there's no model, no artificial intelligence that can tell you when to add risk or what to buy in this environment. This is something again, where it's our judgment that matters. It's our experience and our instinct. There is no model that can answer these questions. This is really where we can add the most value. And in terms of what we're looking for, it would be fundamental data points having to do with company earnings and economic growth, policy developments. We talked about monetary policy. It's also possible that we'll see fiscal policy uh, in the U.S. and elsewhere around the world. The news flow on particularly the virus and the election is also very important. And then finally, the price. So we have to look at all of these factors on a minute-by-minute -minute basis and use our judgment, our experience, and our instinct to determine at what pace and how we bring our risk position from extremely underweight coming into this environment to something closer to uh, a neutral level at this stage. And then uh, depending on how things progress, we might get to the point where it's time to start to go overweight risk. But again, we're not anywhere near that point today. So Bill Zox, CIO for Fixed Income at Diamond Hill Capital Management. Thank you for joining me. I know it's been a pretty hectic week uh, and I appreciate you taking time out to, to join me to, to reach out to our clients. Thank you. This material is for informational purposes and is prepared by Diamond Hill Capital Management. The opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and are subject to change. These opinions are not intended to be a forecast of future events, a guarantee of future results, or investment advice. Reliance upon this information is at the sole discretion of the listener. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal.